You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And uh, I'm thrilled to announce the next coach of the Orlando Magic, Steve Clifford. And you are indeed Locked On Magic today. Is May 31st, 2018. My name is Phil Prosenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And the Magic finally did it. As Jeff Fultman said there at the top of the show, the Orlando Magic have hired Steve Clifford as the new head coach of the team. You can get a quick uh, a quick bite, uh, a quick little, little reaction from this morning or from earlier in the morning, uh, right after the news was announced. On the Locked On Magic podcast feed, you can always find that on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Uh, but today, we're going to talk all about the hire, what it means, what we're expecting from Clifford, what uh, what it kind of says or, or what, what we drew from uh, his press conference. Yes, even some of the detractions that, that might be involved with, with the Steve Clifford hire as we begin to, to get our hands around the Magic's new head coach. Later on in the show, we'll also do a quick preview of the NBA Finals. I'll give you my take. I'll give you my predictions for who I think is going to end up on top and winning that good old Larry O'Brien trophy. We, we want it. We want to see it. We, we, but, but someone's got to win it. So we'll, we'll, we'll preview that coming up in just a bit. Of course, Steve Clifford is not an unfamiliar name to Magic fans and to the Magic organization. He was Stan, one of Stan Van Gundy's lead assistants, or one of his assistants at least. I think he was his lead assistant. Um, he was one of the key players of the Orlando Magic's run to the NBA Finals in 2009. He was a member of Stan Van Gundy's staff from 2008 to 2012. Um, yes, all five years that the Magic play that, that Stan Van Gundy was here, uh, and coinciding with the most successful run in Magic history. That included a trip to the NBA Finals in 2009 and a trip to the Eastern Conference Finals in 2010. It includes the most playoff series wins in Magic history because they won that one series against the the, the uh, Toronto Raptors in 2008. But uh, he was a big part of returning the Magic to prominence before, and as as a good buddy of mine said, it's it's kind of like the Gators hiring Dan Mullen. It's 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 sort of you get all the benefits of the nostalgia with with maybe none of the detractions of, of having the guy that you had before, whether it's Urban Meyer or Stan Van Gundy. It's a good comparison. Uh, I think Gator fans were ended up pretty excited about Dan Mullen. Uh, Magic fans still warming up to the idea of Steve Clifford, and there, there are plenty of reasons to maybe be a little skeptical, but, but we'll get into those in just a moment. Steve Clifford, though, coming to the Orlando Magic after five years as the head coach of the Charlotte Hornets. Not the most successful run in the world, I'll grant you that. He had a sub-500 record, 36-46 and 46 over the, uh, in each of the past two seasons. But the one thing that I would note about Steve Clifford is that he had really did what the Magic need for Charlotte. In the two years before Steve Clifford became the head coach, Charlotte won 7 and 14 games, or 7 and uh, 21 games respectively. 28 games total. That seven-win season, of course, coming in the lockout year, but still the lowest win percentage in NBA history. And now it's a franchise that was in really bad shape. A franchise that that hadn't been to had only been to the playoffs once when the Magic beat them in 2010. And a franchise that was trying to find an identity. Steve Clifford delivered that identity. Not only did they go from 21 wins in 2012 or 2013, they went from 21 wins to 43 wins, made the playoffs for the second time. 
had a bad year the following year, made the playoffs again the, the, the following year, took Miami to, to seven games, won 46 games. In those first three seasons under Steve Clifford, and, and really, as he noted, into the fourth season, the Hornets, now they were the Hornets, the Hornets had a top 10 defensive rating, and really, that was what Charlotte was all about. They were one of the best defenses in the league. Teams could not figure out how to beat them, and Charlotte never beat themselves. They weren't a turnover team. They didn't give up a lot of offensive rebounds. This was a solid team that was, to many, a, a, a potential perennial playoff team, a, a team that a lot of people thought was going to take that next step. Of course, they never did, and that is a knock on Steve Clifford's record. But you think about where the Magic are today, having won 25 games, not having won more than 35 games over the last six seasons. A team that has lacked identity. Steve Clifford's the kind of coach that establishes that culture and establishes that identity. That's what he did in Charlotte. And yes, they never got fully to the top of the mountain. But he built that from scratch to get to a place where they're consistently winning 30 games. And maybe he'd gone a little stale and, and maybe the injuries had gotten too much. And um, Rich Cho, uh, you know, I, I think Rich Cho is, is a good GM, but he made some questionable decisions. They weren't ever able to, to really bring in that big name player. Maybe if they would have gotten Gordon Hayward, things would be different. Maybe if, um, you know, they... they you know, they took a risk on Nicholas Batum and, and had to go in on him go in on him after making the playoffs that year, after their best season in franchise history, or at least in the new franchise history. So to be fair to everyone there, there are some things out of their control. There's constant injuries, uh, a lot of late game bad luck. The last two seasons, in fact, Charlotte had a positive net rating. That means essentially they were a five hundred team. They should have won forty one games. They ended up with thirty six. So their record probably wasn't indicative of how good they played, how well they played. None of that matters, of course, because results matter in the end. This is a league about results. This is a league about getting the job done. And yes, I believe, personally, Steve Clifford did get the, did do a good job establishing a culture. Um, you can go back into the Orlando Magic Daily podcast archives on OrlandoMagicDaily.com or, or I, think it's, I think it's on the iTunes feed if you go back very, very far away. But it was, a few, it was about a year and a half ago. It was, it was two seasons ago. I talked to the guys at Locked On Hornets about the Hornets culture, about how they built their team, because to me, they were a team that the Magic could have modeled themselves after. It sounds crazy, I know, because they didn't make the playoffs and, and they've struggled a little bit, but Charlotte's a team that hasn't had high draft picks, and yet it felt like, until Malik Monk this year, and, and maybe the jury's still out on him, they hit on every draft pick they had, whether it was Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, played a role, wasn't a superstar, but played a role. Cody Zeller, Frank Kaminsky, they all seem to do something valuable for the team and make them better. To me, that's valuable. Now, did they need to find a star to pair with Kemba Walker? Absolutely. That was their biggest struggle that they couldn't quite solve. They couldn't find that second guy to go with Kemba Walker. That's a GM problem, though, not a coach problem. At the end of the day, the Hornets just could not get enough pieces in place to take the next step that they needed to take. And that's something you hope you can correct with a new job, with the Magic. Now, who knows if Clifford can replicate this because you're probably sitting there saying, well, didn't we say all this about Frank Vogel? And we did. And Frank Vogel was celebrated. Was, was it, everyone thought it was a home run hire that he was going to continue whatever they were doing with Scott Skiles and take the team to the next level. And of course, 
Never really got the chance to do that because the Magic just gutted the roster and made a lot of bad decisions. Again, GMs matter. But Clifford definitely has some flaws. Let's let's make that clear. The offense in Charlotte was never particularly good, and, and Steve Clifford even admitted that heading, heading into this year, he focused a little bit more on the offense, assuming the defense would still be good. And so when the defense slipped, the offense was better, but when the defense slipped, they couldn't make up the difference and they couldn't get the wins. Magic do not have a Kemba Walker right now. Maybe they will after the draft, but they don't have a Kemba Walker to just kind of take over games and score at will. And so that part's still very different. And at the end of the day, Charlotte never did get over the hump. And that does, yes, it's partially roster construction, but it's also partially Steve Clifford. And so to, to fans that might be a little frustrated with the hire or or, or don't get why the Magic went with a retread, then this makes sense because we know what Clifford can do in a lot of ways and and he never could quite get past that level that he needed to get past with his team. Regardless of any of that, uh, Steve Clifford seemed to have a good rapport with management um, Jeff Weltman and John Hammond both looked at him for the Milwaukee Bucks job before he took the Charlotte Hornets job uh, that year. He's someone that they really respect and someone that they think is prepared, and most importantly, someone they think can build the culture of this team. And right now, that is the most important thing and the most important goal. Sorry, fifth coach in seven years, and um, it's very important that we start to establish our identity, create a through line, and... Um, and, and be able to build on something that doesn't get turned over every season. So that, one, that was a big part of what we were looking for as we went into this search, someone that we felt we could build and grow with and, and would have a long life um, philosophically and organizationally with the team. So what can the Magic then expect from Steve Clifford, new head coach? What is this beginning point, this this foundation now that the team is, is getting set to, to, to begin. That's really the big question now. There, there were a few players in the Amway Center and in the, in the room during the press conference. Nikola Vucevic, DJ Augustin, Jonathan Isaac, uh, Wessa Wundu, Jamel Artis, Rodney Purvis were there. Uh, everyone trying to begin to get to know the new coach. And, and Steve Clifford said, I'm going to begin to try and get to know these players. But the reality also is we know that change is coming. And it seemed like Steve Clifford's approach at the beginning of every year is to take things with a clean slate. To start things new each new season. And that's exactly where the Magic find themselves today. Obviously, roster moves can't happen yet. The season's still ongoing. There's rules about trading guys with expiring contracts. No one really makes moves or action until the draft. That's when we will begin to see the pieces on the board begin to shift and move around. That's when we will really begin to see the Magic make the changes that we all expect them to make. Obviously, Orlando's still got a lot of work to do. They've still got a lot of things to do to get better. 
And hiring a new coach alone isn't going to fix all that. I mean, we've been through the rigmarole with coaches before. As, as Waltman said, five coaches in seven years. Orlando needs some constancy and some consistency from that position. And they hope Clifford will be here for, a, for an extended period of time, at least. They hope that he will be the one to establish a culture and an identity and begin to build this team up in the way that they need to be built up. Is there a difference in the approach that Steve Clifford has to, to, his, te- to his team and to his players that, that, we ha- that we haven't seen before? I don't know. I really can't say. He seems as genuine and earnest about making players better as Jacques Vaughn did, as James Borrego did, as Frank Vogel did, as Scott Skiles did. Perhaps different than Vogel and Skiles, maybe there isn't as much pressure to win immediately. Saw some people trying to think, trying to say that, oh, hiring Clifford's is a clear sign that the Magic are trying to win next year. They want to win, don't get me wrong. I think that that is part of the goal, but I don't think that's necessarily a plan. I think they view Clifford as someone who's going to be there to make an impact on his team. There's a difference between, you know, being able to impact a player and just coaching him. I want to be able to impact each one of these guys in the right way. And uh, they're all accomplished players. They're the best players in the world. And if you want to gain the right type of credibility so that you can have the right impact on them and the type of partnership where the two of you come to a common place on how they have to play to play well and the team can function well when they're on the floor, I need to be up to speed and an absolute expert on their game. And of course, that process is slowly going to begin with the players that are already on the roster. Clifford introducing himself to some of the players that are in town already or in town still uh, working out and, and going about their lives. I mean, they, they got lives too. But it truly is a clean slate. I mean, Clifford said it himself there. There, you know, I have to become an expert in these players. And then really the prompt for that, that answer was, what do you think of the Magic's roster? And, you know, when you see this roster, do you see similarities between what you saw in Charlotte and how you built in Charlotte? And he didn't, he, he, he didn't want to answer that question because he didn't know them. He, he said pretty plainly, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a truism in the NBA that you don't really know a player until you coach him. And certainly, when you watch a player every single day in practice, interact with them in practice, and, and prepare for prayer with him for games, you know that player much differently than you would in scouting for him or preparing for him and watching snippets or, or a few games to get an idea of how to defend him. And that's part of the clean slate, of course, is that there's a new coach with a new understanding. But there's something else involved here, too. Clifford said uh, during his press conference that he tries to approach every year as if it's a new season, starting from scratch. In fact, that was a lesson that he felt that he learned uh, this year when he took his defense for granted a little bit. And Charlotte fell off, fell into the bottom half of the league in defensive rating, and again, didn't make the playoffs. An interesting admission, to say the least. But... He said he tries to approach every season like it's brand new. And now the Magic here are approaching this season completely new. It'll be the first time Jeff Waltman, John Hammond will really have their teeth sunk into this franchise. They're changing everything behind the scenes. We expect big roster changes because a 25-win season is frankly unacceptable. 
They changed coach, bringing in that foundational piece in new head coach Steve Clifford. It truly does feel like this will be a clean slate for everyone. A clean slate for the entire organization. A, a, a literal clearinghouse, cleaning, cleaning house of what didn't work for the last six years and what might work moving forward. The Magic are in this weird spot, are in this difficult spot. And it's going to take some time to get out. Steve Clifford, I think the Magic will try to play very similar to how those Charlotte Hornets played. Disciplined defensively, attacking the defensive glass, limiting their turnovers. They're going to play a controlled, composed style of basketball. That's just kind of how Steve Clifford is made. That's his, again, if, 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 Stan Van, if, if you go back to what Shaq said about Stan Van Gundy, you follow the general, that's who Steve Clifford is. He's very composed and very, uh, you know, very determined and stern, but it, it, it seemed like, you know, he generally wants to get the best out of people. And really what it's going to be about now is finding those right, those right players to fit into this team. That's on Jeff Wiltman and John Hammond. And that was one of the awkward things about the press conference. It's like, yeah, we know Steve Clifford. We kind of know who he is. But at this point, it doesn't feel like the coach matters. We've been through this over and over and over again over the last six years, over the last seven years now. It's time for something to stick. And nothing's going to stick until the players change. So now it's about finding the players who fit that bill. But as a group, those guys committed to a great summer. That's what we have to do. You know, the off-season is a time that you, that you get ready for training camp, not, not in September. And the thing that we have to concentrate now on is not what our record was last year or anything else. This is a total reset for every player. But it's going to start with everybody having a good summer. And that's where this reset really begins, with this summer. Yes, individual players like Jonathan Isaac, like Aaron Gordon at the Magic resign him, like Terrence Ross getting healthy, or Nikola Vucevic if he stays, or Ken Birch, or Bismack Biombo, or or who, or Evan Fournier, whoever. Yes, those players have to get individually better. But yes, the Magic also need to continue revamping and tweaking this roster. They've got Clifford in place. They got someone who they think at least can set a culture and build that through line, as Jeff Waltman said, for the team moving forward. Now they got to start putting those pieces around it. Start getting those players who are committed to what Steve Clifford's going to ask them to do. And if they're not committed, they need to be discarded. It's, it's, it's cruel, but that's the absolute truth. The Magic do have a clean slate here. It'll be tough to completely clean the slate, of course, because of the salary cap, but the Magic do have a clean slate here. And a chance to start over with a new, new voice, and some new ideas. And that's exactly what they have to do. Tonight, of course, is Game 1 of the NBA Finals. You can watch that at 9 o'clock on ABC. Be sure to check out Locked On Cavs and Locked On Warriors to get yourself set for the NBA Finals. They're doing a great job covering their teams. You've got, of course, Locked On NBA as well to help you get ready for the NBA Finals. But I watch basketball too, so I'm going to give you my take 
on the upcoming NBA Finals. Now, personally, I think that uh, there is not a franchise that has done very well with a fourth movie in, in a series. Um, Days of Future Past was okay, I guess, on the X-Men side, but unless you consider Wolverine Origins or... No, I think they should do prequel. I think we should have the 2012 Warriors take on the 2007 Cavaliers, and that will solve everything. That, that will give us something fresh and, and give us something new. That's a joke, of course. Play that on NBA 2K on your own time. But this series is very different than I think the previous iterations of Cavs Warriors. This is Cavs Warriors 3. Snow Kyrie Irving, obviously. LeBron James is carrying a heavier load than probably he's carried to a final since the 2007 Cavaliers got swept by the San Antonio Spurs. And unfortunately, I think that the Cavaliers may face a similar fate. Yes, Golden State is struggling right now. Yes, it kind of looks like Golden State has got sucked into that Houston play and tried to one-up them and played a lot of one-on-one ball and didn't move the ball very well. It looked like Kevin Durant was trying to, to really take over games when they really needed maybe to play through Steph Curry, play through Draymond Green, really move the ball and keep motion going. And that was something that I think hurt Golden State against Houston. But they got past them. They found a way. They did enough. It doesn't matter how you get there. It doesn't matter who you go through to get there. They got there. And they're in the NBA Finals, once again. Unfortunately, I just think Golden State has too much firepower. When it comes down to it, Cleveland has played better defense this playoffs. There's no doubt about it. But they haven't exactly faced any offensive juggernauts either. Toronto was an offensive juggernaut, but Toronto had their thing. Cleveland can score. We know that. that that's been their MO all year. But against a locked-in Warriors defense... Is Cleveland going to be able to get enough stops over the course of a seven-game series to get the series win? And I think that answer is no. I still trust the long-term numbers that Cleveland's defense is terrible and that Golden State can come in the third quarter, put a big run on them, and bury them. It's all going to come down to whether Golden State shares the ball, whether Golden State sticks to the offense that makes them the most beautiful team in the league. And I do mean that. I love watching Golden State play when they're on. Because it's just it, it's just unfair. Because they're so unselfish. They find holes. And then Steph Curry or Kevin Durant or Klay Thompson will just drain a three on you, it, it, even if you defend them well. If Golden State gets back to that fluid ball movement style that has made them that juggernaut, Cleveland cannot beat them. Cleveland may not even take a game. Now, LeBron James is playing some incredible basketball, and you can't ignore him or discount him. Throughout the entire Eastern Conference playoffs, I said, I, I, I want to say Cleveland's not going to win, but I'm not betting against LeBron until he loses. And he proved that right. And I think LeBron is good enough that he will steal a game from, from Golden State. And in fact, I think LeBron's good enough that he'll steal a game from Golden State and probably keep one close that they shouldn't keep close. And that might make this a more interesting series. That might make that might make it the teams a little bit tighter, a little bit closer than they otherwise might be. But Golden State is such a good team. Golden State, to me, is far advanced beyond what Cleveland can handle. It's it's not about matchups. Golden State can match up with anyone. It's Who's Cleveland going to put on Steph Curry? Who are they going to put on Klay Thompson? 
It's been shaky all year for Cleveland defensively. They've, they found a way, and you give them credit for that. But these are the Warriors. They will eat you alive if you give them the space to do so. And they're going to. I have the Warriors winning in a gentleman's sweep. I think they, 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 get, they beat the Cavaliers in five and celebrate their NBA championship on the floor at Oracle Arena. I think LeBron has an incredible series, but he finally meets a team he cannot beat alone. Which is pretty incredible that he's made it that far, doing the things he's had to do to keep that Cavaliers team afloat. But that's my prediction for the series. I have Warriors in five. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Tune, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including articles from the press conference, as well as a continuation of our draft profile series. I think tomorrow, to yesterday we looked at Michael Porter Jr. Today we are looking at Elia Kobo. So get to know these draft picks, uh, get to know these prospects as, as we get closer and closer to the NBA draft. I believe we're three weeks away now from the NBA draft. So it's going to come quick here. So be prepared. We'll be doing draft previews all throughout the next 21 days. Be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com for that. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank everyone again for listening. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rostenreich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.